1: Get in the know. Non-stop
0: Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on ScoreNorth and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing
1: Company. And welcome in to Purple Access. Judd Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, Starchemune, sports columnist, Declan Goff, executive producing, sponsored as always by our friends at Surly Brewing and also TCL. If you're not watching sports in a TCL or heck, Movies or anything else you enjoy, what do you do? And TCL is the way to go. Chip Scoggins, last week we went through your six um, favorite regular season Vikings games. We excluded playoffs that you have covered since you joined me on the beat, and then obviously transitioned to a columnist role after that. This week you have come up with your eight favorite Viking storylines during your time on the beat. And the caveat this week is no Favre because any Favre yeah. storyline would have absolutely dominated. And we all know the Brett stories. So if you would like to, you yeah. can start at eight and work through and I don't know if this was tough or not but work through your storyline. Well, I, they were tough because I
0: I well, the, the Love Boat and Whizinator predated me. So I, I didn't get those, yes. two, those two gems. Those would have been obvious ones, right? Yes. Um, so, much like last week, I'll say my list is not necessarily. It could be quirky, right? Storylines that are quirky, whatever you juicy choose. drama. So I have a mixed bag: some obvious, some not so obvious. So, okay. without further ado, Um <laughs>
1: it's The craziest num- drama number- of all
0: time. <laughs> number eight. Troy Williamson challenges Brad Childress to a fight at the fifty-yard line.
1: Oh, that's right, Jacksonville.
0: <laughs> well, this was two thousand eight. After after Troy's uh, not so glamorous time with the Vikings, at in he was in Jacksonville and he told a reporter down there that he wanted to meet Childress at the fifty-yard line. The Vikings were playing down there, and Troy wound up not playing in the game. Right? Um, I think he might have heard what yep. he wanted. He wanted them to meet at the fifty-yard line to settle. <laughs> settle their differences and children's you know didn't brush it off he gave one of my two favorite children's quotes asked about children said that he is 190 190 pounds of twisted steel romping and stomping and dynamite yep. so he he was ready to go that's one of my two favorite uh children's quotes the other one is that when they won the division when he said he was going to drink a vodka the size of your head
1: they just moved into first place, I think, for the first yeah. time in his tenure. And I said, did you do something to, you know, mark the fact that you've now got this team in first place? And that's when I got, uh, I'm going to drink a vodka the size of your head, Judd. <laughs> Which, you know what, he might have. I don't know. Hey, I think I think Brad liked his, uh, our photographer, uh,
0: Carlos Gonzalez, always used to bring, so he makes his own great salsa. And Childress found us out, so I think Carlos brought him some of his chips yes. and salsa down. The training camp, and I think I think Brad liked to have a little vodka and chips and salsa at night after a long day on the Mankato fields. But I don't. <laughs> the, the end of the Williamson did uh, era, if that's what we would call it, did him and Childress spar verbally um, on the way out the door?
1: Well, I think the main breaking point there. Well, besides the fact that Troy it, couldn't catch, catch a football, yeah. which is a big problem in football, <laughs> um, I think when the main, receiver. I think the main breaking point. I think the year before you joined me on the beat, when it was still me and Seifert. Um, Troy Williamson's grandmother died Oh, and, and, he, he, and yeah, he was finance. gone for an extended period. And then he like extended his absence. And I think the Vikings are like, we're not going to pay you now. Like we're going to stop paying yeah. you. And it was this big, you know, probably unnecessary. It got, it got, um, if not ugly, certainly debatable. So yeah. I think that's where there was a main falling out because Brad became upset that Troy didn't come back quicker. Yeah and something like that.
0: Childress was 190 190 pounds of twisted steel romping, yeah. stomping down. I love that quote. So that's, that's a great right. football
1: coach line cuz you that ordinarily is. don't get that that's no, like a Rex neither. That's a Rex Ryan Mike Tice type of line. That was that was so uh anti childress
0: a quote yeah. like that.
1: So um
0: number 7 the Philadelphia trip from hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, a lot of beer consumed on that trip. A lot of yingling as I recall. So
0: we leave on Christmas night day Christmas Day night, right? Or was it Christmas yes Christmas Day night? Yes. Thinking now this would be get in, get out, we're home. Pack a couple change of underwear, a couple socks. The snowstorm that the 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 blizzard uh of 2010 that was supposed to rock Philadelphia. We get to the hotel in Philadelphia Christmas Eve night. We're having you know some drinks in the uh hotel lobby bar some vikings officials came down there brian murphy the specialty kicks coordinator came and had a beer with us because i think he knew he was on the other way out the door Yes. um and we start hearing massive snowstorm we're in trouble this thing's not going to be played so we panic we spend the night there but we panic we check out of our hotel drive and get a hotel out by the airport in case there's nine feet of snow yep they cancel the game or they postpone the game there's no snow so we're there. That was a Sunday. They wound up playing that damn game on Tuesday night. Yep. Um, I don't know that it ever snowed. Seven inches I think seven, at yeah. the airport. I think they said seven inches at the airport. But that's where Judd and I did the smart thing. We checked out, went to the airport, got about five cases of beer, had them in the background of our Zoom call. <laughs> yep. Or not Zoom. Our, our video. Our Access Vikings. We like to blur the lines and push the lines back then, but even – we thought even that would be uh, a little bit too much for Star Tribune to have a bunch of empty beer
1: cans sit by <laughs> We bought the, um, I remember, I think I think we both, we bought that hotel bar out and just yes. said, give that's us right, all yeah. the beer left. And, tell, they tell stuck it, and they stuck it in a big Budweiser case. And yes. that's what was in the background. And we're both like, we probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> and so oh, we, we did it anyways. So, but yeah, but we had a full stock of beer. That's and, right. and I think we were afraid that we couldn't get out potentially to get the flight. And yes. where we moved to also was basically across the street from the stadium, right? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's out by the airport in Philadelphia. So yeah. we were oh there. I
0: remember, We had to go back. Cause then they kept having access back at the team hotel where we we're at. So we went back down the next day and ran out of clothes. We had to go to a clothing store to get, you know, Modell's. Yeah. Modell's. So get, get t-shirts and yeah. Underwear and all kinds of stuff. And then and then it was a wildly entertaining game where Fred Puget said, brought the uh, bleep it package and blitzed Antoine Winfield, I think, 19 times in that game. It was a brilliant game plan.
1: I've still always said that I think what solidified Frazier in getting the job full-time for the next season was that game. Yeah. Because he did a brilliant job. One, they won, but two, like, that season was off the rails, and he actually held it together. That was Michael Vick at the Eagles, right? And they, yeah. they brought uh,
0: yes. Winfield off the blitz to just completely ruin their game plan. I mean, just absolutely ruined it. And uh, was who's quarterbacking for uh, Joe, Webb? Joe, Joe Webb? Webb? Joe Webb. Yeah. It was Joe it was Webb? Webb game. Joe Webb. <laughs> the Philadelphia trip from hell. So that made the list. All right. Um, uh, number six. I'm kind of doing them in different order. Uh, number six. Yes. Case Case Keenum comes to the rescue in 2017, right? That that season looked doomed. Yep. Um that's is that Teddy in the preseason? No, uh he played. Is that Teddy that's the year he got hurt in the preseason? Bradford
1: no, that, that was no. 16, right? 16, yeah. So but Teddy played one game that year. Bradford played the opener Tuesday. they beat the Saints at US Bank Stadium, right? Yeah, and he and started then they went the next to game, pit, right? No, I no. he got. They basically said something happened in that Saints game and he's not going to play. If I'm not mistaken, week two was in Pittsburgh yep. and they and case and they lost. Yeah, and that's where your – are what you just said is exactly correct. We're all yeah. like, they're screwed. Yeah, and they went 13 and three <laughs> after that. Bang, they took off. Yeah,
0: uh, 13 and three case. <laughs> we, we're thinking this is going to be a disaster. He plays had yep. a career year, a fun season. 13 and three, Teddy actually. Did he get in one game at the end of that year? Bengals.
1: Yeah. As, a, as a kind
0: of a welcome, you know. Bengals. Yeah. So, um, but that turned out to be an unexpected fun ride in some of the performances Case had. And, yes. Uh, so that deserves a six on the list. Number five. And some of these are not necessarily storylines, but more. Here's, here's number five. Mike Zimmer versus Kickers.
1: <laughs> it became a storyline, just it just moved around that's right. from year to year to year. Mike Zimmer's hatred of kickers. Yep.
0: I mean that, that has to be on the list because of Blair Walsh, Daniel Carson, Dan Bailey. Um I never yeah. seen a head coach that despised kickers probably as much as he did or and, and had as much uh Probably some of it bad luck. Some of it, the pressure, un- unnecessary pressure he put on him caused uh, right. a lot of the problems. The Daniel Carlson thing was a debacle. From yes, to I mean yes, from drafting him to you know Zimmer probably hated that to going for uh, a two point conversion in the first preseason game after Carlson misses an extra point and Zimmer saying he he was mad at him, so he was. <laughs> That thing was over at that point, cutting him after, I mean, uh, that was part of his uh, defining part of his legacy, I think, Zimmer.
1: Not the biggest part, obviously, but. Unfortunately, yeah, it's definitely a storyline. And I think to answer your question, I think Tice hated kickers too. And he was weird with them as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in retrospect, one of the smartest things That Childress did upon being hired was that March they signed Longwell, and he's like, "I'm not going to put up with crap." That to me was one of the smartest things because I think he knew we should pay a guy who we can trust. And Ryan, you could trust. Well,
0: I I think the yeah, but even when the Vikings did that under Zimmer, it seemed to go haywire, right? Dan Bailey, you thought they were going to be able to trust him, and that's true.
1: Yeah. That, that well, one was and, and Kai Forbath it Kai was good. They should just missed extra point attempts at times, but as far as a field goal kicker, he was actually effective. I never understood why they just, just didn't leave that one alone. Was it because of the extra points? Yeah. That drove Mike crazy right. too, but I but you know, guys were missing them. guys are missing them. Miss <laughs> yeah, because they moved it back. I mean, they're missing him. So in in
0: retrospect, they should just kept him, you know, probably would have been had the occasional missed extra point that drove Zimmer crazy, but it created this just, you know, constant
1: thing. It was always yes. a thing,
0: you know, that he could never escape. So
1: And the Carlson thing, because of how well he, yeah. for the Raiders, looks, you know, awful today.
0: Well, and it's that's where you need a GM and say, Mike, as horrific as that was <laughs> at Green Bay, we're going to try to navigate this. But I don't know that it would have been salvageable with right. Zimmer. It, it just clearly ruined the kid's confidence early on, you know, so, um, so that's on the list. Okay. Where am I at? Am i at number four? You're at five. I'm at five. Yep. You just did six. I just did six. Um, Zimmer cousins, Spielman thing. <laughs> what do we call it? <laughs> what do we call that? Zimmer cousins, Spielman.
1: Dissension.
0: Uh, three's company. I don't...
1: Yeah again I mean, that, another that was thing
0: a, that was a whole it, you know it, it obviously came to a head in the last year but it 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 was part of it was the whole time right the whole time they were together mm-hmm. does he like him does he not like him was did he want him to make that call uh to bring him in it was just a it was a weird relationship between you would think in a healthy NFL uh, situation, at least the coach and quarterback are symbiotic, same page. Yeah. You would think that the GM, the coach, and the and the quarterback, the three most important people in a NFL organization, and you had just complete dysfunction between the three <laughs> most important people. And Absolutely. it was just a, it was something that just kept simmering. And a lot of it probably we we had no clue about. You know, but you knew when when Cousins is bringing up, I had to beg the head coach to have talks with me, uh, weekly talks, and we don't really communicate that something was amiss.
1: <laughs> and, you know, in some ways it's funny, Chip, because Kirk Cousins and the kickers that you just talked about were in the same predicament, which was um, involved in the middle of a battle. They couldn't control between Rick and Mike. Because, you know, in both cases... I mean, yeah. the Carlson pick, make no mistake, was Rick, trying to be smart. And yes. he was. Unfortunately, he never should have made that pick, because why Why are you giving a guy who hates kickers, and especially young kickers, right? Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but to go back to the Combine in 18 before Kirk Cousins signed, Zimmer basically came out and said, don't do that. I don't, yeah. you know, don't pay a quarterback. Yeah. And then Rick's like, oh, no, I'm going to pay a quarterback. So... It's interesting that really in a lot of ways the main combatants were Rick and Mike and the player who was in question was caught in the middle of that battle. Well, and he I
0: mean, Mike's motivation was let's not take money away from my defense. You know, let's let's not tie up so much and in today's NFL you have to unless you hit on your rookie, you're gonna tie up money in your quarterback. And so it was you know they started at a bad spot. They were I'm not sure they were I don't know that we knew really the degree to which Mike opposed it. Um, right. but I mean that, hell, that should be number one, probably on a list <laughs> because it lasted so long, but, um, I got three more. I got three more here, right? Uh, yeah, four more. more. No, four no more. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought you just did five children's was eight. You miscounted, He's six, got, he's got three five. more, three more. Okay. I got
1: three.
0: Yep. I got three more. Um, Number three, Adrian Peterson's MVP season in pursuit of Eric Dickerson.
1: Yeah, great
0: one. Um, I mean, that was fun to cover the whole season, particularly as it, you know, as it got to the latter stages and you realized, hey, he's in the MVP discussion and this doesn't happen for running backs and he's going to have a chance at this this, uh, rushing record. Uh, We talked about last week with that Green Bay game at the season finale where he up eight yards short, but basically all but solidified his getting the MVP season. But that's, I mean, that season coming off the ACL and the, you know, the fast recovery and everything, still one of the top, maybe the top individual, you know, not just one game, but just individual feats, athletic feats that I've I've
1: covered. Absolutely. And he took a team, too, that, I mean, had, uh, had, I think it's fair to say questionable quarterback play <laughs> yeah, and, lit- yeah. and carried it as a running back. Now yeah. that's a different time, but it's not that long ago. And yeah, yeah to carry the, to carry that team on so many in so many weeks when the quarterback couldn't. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No, that's as much as I object to how Peterson won't go away now and clearly yeah. the off the field stuff has certainly had an impact on how we feel about him. That season is one of the more remarkable years that I've seen, both from a fan standpoint and since uh, I began to cover this team. Falls below probably Moss in his first year. Yeah, but yeah. damn, it was. It's it's well, up there,
0: and I remember,
1: uh, distinctively,
0: standing over there talking to Leslie Frazier at the at the old Winter Park outside, and Adrian. Um, was running that hill, you know, the hill that the rehab oh, yeah. guys, or the guys, it's a steep hill outside Winter Park, a little, not, a, yeah, it's a hill. It was a yeah. bank. And, uh, guys would run with, you know, coming off injury or they just run a fracture conditioning. And I was, I remember talking to Les about he had, had ACL surgery and never back then the whole thing was just getting it real stiff. You know, they made it was a completely polar opposite of what they do now. Um, but we were watching him, and Peterson was just running up and down the hill on his rehab with Sugarman over watching. It was like, this is different. You know, this is – had no idea he was going to have the kind of season he had. But, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, that – especially coming just coming off the injury is what made that so yes. unique. And then to watch him carry that team to the playoffs was pretty incredible. And, yeah, it will it, be interesting to see 15 years from now, like what, what will people remember about Peterson?
1: Remember I think that depends on when then? you saw him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, and, when guys won't go away, that sticks in in your memory bank because that's really the last thing, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I think that there is going to be a large, a large faction that are uh, that their impressions of AP will be influenced by the fact that this guy will not retire.
0: That and, and off the field. Yeah. Uh, at the end, I mean that. I think that changed the perception of him in a lot of fans eyes from just being a superstar running back to a complicated individual and a complicated legacy here. So right. But but that that season was in totality was was just incredible. So that was number 3. Number 2 The Prodigal Son Returns Randy Moss 2001. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was only 4 weeks, right? Uh-huh. But I mean, I remember sitting out at my son's uh, soccer game and getting a text from you that Monsters was returning and just thinking, holy week, this is, this is going to be massive. And I still remember his introductory press conference. Remember how he ended that?
1: Oh, yeah, the boat. Yeah, he said... What if I'd been on that boat? There'd been some real problems. <laughs> Y'all lucky. And, and I knew they were in trouble when I looked. And at, in the back of the press conference was was Wilf. And Ziggy's laughing uproariously, you know, a few years after being just absolutely adamant that the boat thing was an embarrassment, this franchise yep. couldn't tolerate, blah, 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 you know, code of conduct. And now he's like laughing along and thinking it's so yep. funny. And I was like, this ain't, this ain't good. Like, you you can't be that up and down about life, my man.
0: Yeah, and he was uh so he started that way. What was help me remind me again what was the uh compensation for him?
1: Um it was a sw- it was a third round pick I believe went to the Patriots and the Vikings got like a seventh round pick back. Yeah. So not a, you know, I guess No, the Patriots a- were going to dump him. Yeah.
0: Um but just it was a four weeks of tension.
1: It's a four I mean, weeks now that feels like it was about 3 months.
0: It was because remember he d- So he did an open and press conference where, you know, if i had been on that boat and, you know, that was great. We all laughed. That was a great one-liner to end it. Uh, Then the Gus Tanucci's, which I actually walked in on at the end of, had no idea what was happening, but walked in just a split second because that was a Friday. Yep. Remember, for people to know, Fridays back then, Childress would have his end-of-the-week thing in the field house and it, it basically opened the locker room for access simultaneously. And they'd bring catering food. And Judd had went to Childress, and I would went to the locker room. And I walked in, and guys were—you could tell something. Randy was screaming. He was scre- screaming at like Percy and Jamarcus Sanford, and you could, he was saying something. I had no idea that he was—he had been getting on Tanucci like Gus Tanucci for a minute before. Yeah. Uh, I just, i just thought it was Randy being Randy, you know. Um, but we had that. But then that set, and then he didn't do any other interviews. Remember, we'd always every day we'd go up to him, and he would snarl at us or scream at us to get away. And um, yes. so, Judd took it. Jud took it upon himself to we turned him into the league because he's a superstar who was re- refusing interviews. Yeah, you're which, supposed to talk. You're supposed to talk. So that led to a ten thousand dollar fine. Um, going in the week of the Patriots, going back to play his team, and <clears throat> he totally. Dogs it on the, uh, the could have been a touchdown pass and didn't go for it right down the sideline. Um, yes, and then gave the uh, what was it? Was it a Moss? Was it a fade or something? On there, he didn't. He didn't go for. I can't remember.
1: Maybe I'm just. There was a play in part. Green Bay where, where he maybe that's what it was. Alligator arm to Paul in the back of the end maybe zone. Maybe that's what it was. that maybe. he would have caught ten out of ten times throughout the rest of his career. Yeah, maybe he that's. He just was like, like ah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go yeah. for that. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what it was. But
0: after the game uh post game back then it's still uh Childerson quarterback uh would go in in the interview room outside of the uh next to the um the locker room. So Jud would, would sit in there and then I worked the locker room. Um and Randy comes he's getting dressed and there's a big crowd gathering around. He's like, Y'all don't need to be here, I'm going to the podium and we're like, Oh boy. I go in the room and Judd and Seaford and guys, remember what's going on? I said, Moss said he's coming in here.
1: Yeah, that's right. I <laughs> knew so, it was unbelievable. thanked everyone with the Patriots down to like he, well, grounds crew. He started with, "You guys got me fined ten thousand dollars. So
0: There's no more interviews. That he was going to ask the questions and give the answers. Yep. And <laughs> no more interviews. And then he proceeded to basically see how much he loved the the Patriots and just dumped on the Vikings and how they didn't take his advice or something for the game plan or whatever. Yeah. And, yes. um, and then, you know, he finishes it with, you know, Bill Belichick, I salute you and saluted him and was like that felt like the point of no return. Right. Like that yes. was not, this was not sustainable. This was not going to go forward. And, um, we didn't know at the time which she says you learned afterwards that basically came in and screamed at the wills to, Fire Brad. Fire fire Brad. So, I mean, that was just, I understand what they were doing, trying to recapture something. They were grasping at straws in a a wild uh, season that went way off the rails. Um, But that was a huge story, you know, for that month. And uh, (laughs) it did badly.
1: And that was, what, the next day Brad cut him and didn't tell the owners. Yeah. And I mean that was that was the end for Brad, really. Yeah, they they got Brad because then because like, the, then the Wilfs flew because back then I
0: think they were pretty much staying in New Jersey, but then they fly yeah. in there to talk yep. to Lieber and all those guys like, hey, what what the heck's going? And, and Longwell and all these guys like, what the heck's going on?
1: And I think that that was one too where where you know if Brad if that team has a bad year, but Brad doesn't cut Moss or he cuts him and tells the Wilfs, I think Brad survives. Probably. But that, but that whole thing got so toxic, and and Moss deserves. I mean, t- what twenty eight days of just chaos? Yeah, just I mean, chaos, <laughs>
0: chaos.
1: Yeah. So that's number two. All, All right. right hey, number one, hey, Chipper. Before we get to one, let's oh. talk about our. Let's talk about our favorite beer, huh? Huh? Oh yeah. Oh, number yeah. one is sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing. Now, Chip, I'd like to introduce you, and you, perhaps you've had one to the Summer of Surly, darling. The logic bomb. It's fantastic. But I, I know, try. but I know that when push comes to shove, what is your choice when it comes to going to the going to your local liquor store and picking up a surly? What's your choice, Chipper? It's
0: furious all day long, and I have to I actually have to make a run today because I had two surly furiouses last night. I had a long day of reporting on the road, and I get home, and I said, you know what? This is a too certainly furious night here. But... Ain't
1: nothing wrong with that. Ain't <laughs> no. nothing
0: wrong with that. Nothing I didn't feel guilty for. at all. The only thing I felt bad about is that was my last two, so now i got to go to the store in just have to and pick up more. So.
1: Outstanding. I've got to get,
0: get reinforcements. So. I like it. Alright, what's number one? Number one would make you furious if you're the uh, Vikings. The Metrodome roof collapse. That oh, yeah. that, yeah. that storyline will live with me forever. It was uh the snapshot of a season that you couldn't possibly make up became the punchline to a season. You couldn't possibly make up. If you ask any Vikings player about 2010, they'll say the dome, the roof collapsed, right? Mm -hmm. That's, it's symbolic of how that entire thing went. Um, I I think I've told the story before, but that week I was doing the Sunday story to the advance for the giants, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was so proud. I had, I talked to the Vikings, convinced them to. Uh, back then, in the in the locker room after games, they would have a a laundry a laundry hap, uh, hamper, you know, like a rolling one. Yep. That you see like at hotels. Yep. And when when guys were getting undressed, they'd they'd throw them in one. But they had one specifically for the playbooks. You know, these mm-hmm. big thick binders that they would have. You know, they'd look at them before the game, and then guys would throw their their playbooks in that in that laundry hamper. So I talked to the Vikings, convinced them to let me do a story, <clears throat> how they create the game plan for that week, starting with yeah. the Sunday after a game when guys throw their, their their game plan folders in that or the three ring in that hamper. Start from then all the way up to game time. How do they? So we went day by day, and, and it was great. I mean, I talked to <clears throat> Bevel, uh, all the offensive coaches. Just about, like, each guy had a certain, you know, like, I think George Stewart, who was the wide receiver coach, he had the third and long plays. And they, they each had a little thing, and, and they would add it and, uh, you know, down to the cards. Bevel gave me a, a – he spit out a play call for me. I was so proud of this, like, here's how it, here's how it looks. Try to be inside ball, right? Yes. So I write this big story. It's running Sunday, and Kevin Seaford calls me at 6 a.m. He's like, you watching TV? I'm like. Kevin, yeah, I'm sleeping. No, it's like the, the bone collapsed. I'm like, what? So I turned on and Fox has the thing. and like, ain't nobody reading that story.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that, that story. And it sounds like a great story. <laughs> I, know. I, I should go I know. back and find it and read it. Nobody's reading that story. <laughs> I should go back and find that story. Thus
0: began one of the longest days of reporting. Oh and it, it started then. And ended with our flight pulling into the gate in Detroit at like midnight. Remember that? Yep. It was late. It might have been after midnight. Yep. <clears throat> to cover a home game against uh, the
1: Giants in Detroit. I mean, you could not possibly make that up. And that wasn't cheap for plane tickets because no. we literally. I think you got the plane tickets like at two o'clock that afternoon yeah. or something. Yeah, because we're. I mean, your first reaction is like when you saw that video. You're
0: like, huh? What? Where are they going to play? Right. And so then we finally find out they're going to play in Detroit. But then that set off. You never. The next week, are they going to be able to clear TCF Bank Stadium? Hire all the workers to get because had to get May- the snow out. And then it was mayhem. Frozen. And then you know, Chloe says somebody's going to die on this field. So the NFL flight, in <laughs> <laughs> say this is not going to work. It's too the ground's frozen. It was, Favre was in. Then he was out. I mean, he was out. Then he was in. Remember they declared him out that day. That day, the Monday night, and then he comes back and gets his head slammed into turf. So I mean. Well, that So they had three games left, right? That one, the next one against the Bears, and then the final in Detroit, right?
1: In Detroit, yeah, I think that's right, yeah. yeah.
0: Just an absurd three final weeks. Um, yes. That just...
1: Wait, no, no, they... No, four games left, right? Because Philadelphia was in, in there, too. Okay. Yeah, so Philadelphia squeezed in there, yeah. I think Philadelphia was the... Well, was Christmas, so... Penalty, yeah, Yes. So they, they had Philadelphia and Philadelphia. And the reason why they made the Vikings and Eagles wait till Tuesday night was because the network <laughs> was so mad that the Vikings and Giants had played a Sunday, a noon Sunday game on Monday night. Yeah. And they're like, you ain't taking Monday night again. And they're like, okay, we're screwed. We'll take Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, it bumped up against them. So it went, what, Detroit or Giants at the, uh, Detroit. And then they came back here. The next week was the Bears game. Or was yep. It?
1: That was like um, December 10th or something. Yeah, or and that 17th. was the game
0: was so you know they had they're paying students to get the snow out and it was like felt like it went right to the last minute that they're going to get all the snow out there and then it was basically first come first serve. I remember people just rushing into the stadium and grab whatever seats they could and yep. Um, I don't know that we'll cover a weirder story than than that.
1: Oh, you'll you knock on wood. We'll never get a weirder season than that yeah. one. It was absolutely yeah. off the charts. All right, Chip Scoggins, great stuff. Fantastic. Right. Again, you come through and uh, right. we'll talk to you next week. All right, see then,